Welcome to the Way Family Church Sermon Podcast. We are glad you're here with us. Join us in person every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. at Laughlin Middle School in Tucson, Arizona. Today we're going to talk about giving thanks. You know, last week we talked about the dark hour and the week before that about praise. The week before that we looked at Psalm 1. Why? Because we're in our Psalm series. We're looking at different psalms. As I mentioned before, there are different genres, different categories of the psalms. Uh, We have songs of praise. We have songs of wisdom. We have songs of thanksgiving. We have psalms of lament and so on and so forth. And so we've seen a couple of those already. Today we're going to look at a psalm of thanksgiving. And I think this is just very adequate and appropriate coming out of that psalm that we looked at last week, Psalm 3, which was a psalm of lament. Again, to lament is to, to feel this, this sense of sorrow or, or ache or pain, and, and it's okay to bring those feelings to the Lord, you know? And in fact, it's not just okay, it is the best thing we can do is to bring those moments that, you know, I guess would be best classified as those dark hour moments to the feet of Jesus because he understands our grief, he understands our pain, he understands our sorrow. This is what I love about our Lord Jesus Christ is that he took on flesh and he walked as a man and as a man he experienced those things that we do and so he knows what it's like to be betrayed he knows what it's like to hurt he knows what it's like to hunger he knows what it's like just to be a man a human and so because of that we can come to him and we can pour our hearts out to him now just in response to that you know i've been reading a book called um I think it's The Lord is My Refuge or something like that by Dr. Dana Ortland. And I was reading that book and it was, uh, there was a line there that caused me to really stop and really think about what he was saying here. And that line said, this is a quote from Dr. Dana Ortland, a miserable Christian is a contradiction in terms. That really made me hit the brakes and think about. A miserable Christian is a contradiction in terms that's interesting you know because sometimes I was I was the first one to think man sometimes I'm miserable does that mean I'm not a Christian (laughs) you know uh, it I think it's it's different to have a moment where we feel miserable but to walk in a way that we are miserable truly is a contradiction in terms because as Christians as believers we have received the grace of God through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And if we have received that that gift of grace, we have nothing but to rejoice for once we were dead and now we're alive. We were lost and now we're found. We were condemned to destruction and now we are redeemed and declared righteous. And so if you have that at the forefront of your mind, there's really no reason to remain miserable in any way, right? And if we are, perhaps we're not thinking about the right things. Perhaps we're distracted by, uh, by the very thing that is meant to distract us. And so to be sure, to be sure, life indeed is hard. Yes, life is hard. The pain that accumulates throughout one's journey in this world is a strong temptation to cynicism. And let me, let me rephrase that. Because life is hard, sometimes we tend to think the worst of things or of people especially God. You know, how often have we shook our fists at heaven and say, God, you're not good. Are you even there? You know, why? Because life is difficult, because there is a pain that comes to to just being human. The Christian life is not one of painted on smiles either. So we're not asking you to pretend that everything is good. 
right? You can only do that so long if you're a pretender. You've heard it, fake it till you make it. You can't fake yourself into heaven, all right? There's nothing you can do to get into heaven. And it's everything about what Christ has done for you. That's what we need to think about. That's what we need to constantly remember. And so sometimes I think that the pain is so hard or life is so intense that the thought of rejoicing because we've heard in the Bible over and over, rejoice, rejoice is a command. You know, I've even, I've even said it to someone who's been in sorrow and remorse in the moment. You know, I know you're, you're feeling terrible right now, but the, the Bible says to, you need to rejoice. It's, it's like, that doesn't help me right now, right? I can't rejoice. The fact of the matter is that sometimes the thought of rejoicing seems not only distant, but a mockery to our true emotional state. And so what we have here is we have a psalm that I think really speaks to that. This is the antidote or one of, really, but it's also included here, the antidote, antidote to that time of misery, that time of remorse, the difficult moments, the dark hour. How do we get out of that? How do we continue to remember the wonderful things that the Lord has done for us? And I think that the answer is found in this Psalm 100, and not just this Psalm. Don't get me wrong. I'm, there's many songs, Psalms that hit on this. But this is a particularly good example, and I decided to go through it because it's got really good practical wisdom here. Psalm 100, let's take a look at that. This is a psalm of thanksgiving. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Psalm 100. If not, follow along on your notes or on the screens. And this psalm also has a title, a psalm for giving thanks. And it says this, Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Bow your heads with me. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this time. And we sincerely say thank you. Just thinking through what you have brought us out of and into, we are grateful. We are grateful that you have preserved your word, Lord Jesus, for our well-being. You have preserved your, well, your word for our instruction, for correction, Lord Jesus. And today we ask that you would speak into our hearts, that you would help us through the dark hour, Father, that we would truly praise you and rejoice father as you have called us to we love you we praise you we ask that you would speak today in jesus mighty name amen all right again a psalm of thanksgiving titled the sermon giving thanks well that's because that's what the title here was a psalm for giving thanks the instruction if you haven't figured it out is straightforward give thanks <laughs> got it Pretty practical, pretty easy, except for how do you do that, right? So we'll go through that. Because I think it's an easy thing to do to give thanks when things are going pretty well, right? Do you agree? But not so much when things are distant from well. You know, um, have you ever, uh, you know, I've had these moments where, oh man, if you're doing a service to me and I really appreciate it, it's easy to say thanks, right? And if you're not, then hmm, I don't want to even thank you for the little thing that you did. But again, this is something that it's important for us to realize that 
our gift of thanks, let's say, our giving of thanks to the Lord is absolutely not dependent on how we feel. And it's absolutely dependent on what we know and who he is, of who he is, right? And so if you ever had a moment like I have in the restaurant, you have those servers that just do a remarkable job. And they do a good job at expressing the gratitude for you to be there. And, and you know that they're called to that because they serve with you with diligence and with gladness. And you can't help but to tip large in that situation. But when you have a server who's literally there just because they have to be there, man, <laughs> it's just a totally different experience. And sometimes without realizing it, we're like that one server who feels obligated and not necessarily who's serving with gladness, right? And so when we're in that state where we're not really realizing the benefit of what we're doing, not realizing that, hey, this is the customer, right, that we're serving, they're the ones who are paying our bills essentially, we get groggy and miserable. But when we're, we have that sense of gratitude, we're able to serve with diligence and with a, just a cheerful heart. And the Lord loves a cheerful giver. And so uh, the instruction still remains, regardless of how we feel. Give thanks. In other words, things are not so great, give thanks. When things are great, give thanks. Regardless, give thanks. But why do we say thank you in the first place? I mean, we're all proper people here, right? We say thank you. In fact, we teach our children to say thank you. It's a proper thing to do. It's a nice thing to do. Why do we say thank you in the first place? Well, I was kind of looking this up a little bit. It's like, why do we give thanks, right? It's a, definitely a modest thing to do. It's definitely a nice thing to say. But giving thanks is an, is an expression of appreciation. Is you relaying that, hey, I really appreciate what you've done for me. Like what you did for me really mattered. And I really appreciate, thank you. That's why we say thanks. It's also an acknowledgement of our blessing. Wow, I have some, like, thank you for your word. Thank you for our home. Thank you for the ability, the privilege that we have, you know. Thank you for our food. It's acknowledging that we have received the blessing indeed, and we're grateful for that. We also say thanks because it's a humbling thing to do, and it's a good thing. It's humbling as we depend on each other. You know, a lot of people think that they don't want to depend on anybody. And to a degree, I understand what they're saying, but the reality is that we all depend on one another. We all depend on someone to farm the food that we eat. We all depend on someone to work on those power plants that we benefit from. We're all dependent on one another, and it's a good thing. This is the way that the Lord has designed it, right? Uh, and so we're grateful. We have a sense of attitude because, or, or gratitude because we depend on each other. It's also honoring whoever it is that's serving, you know, to say thank you. You're honoring what has been done for you, for your benefit, that you yourself didn't do yourself. And so it's good to honor and to say thanks. This is why we say Thank you to give honor where honor is due. And so if we see giving thanks for our blessings and all that comes from God, we run the risk of becoming miserable. For we are more likely dwelling on the challenges of this life more than the blessings that come from God. And I think this is why we find many uh, things related to this issue of thanksgiving throughout the scripture. In fact, from cover to cover, you find commands and beautiful examples of thanksgiving. There's thanksgiving from here to hear, right? It's that important because it's actually helpful. It's an antidote for us to be able to get through that dark hour, those hard times. So in the New Testament, we see expressions of thanksgiving through offerings. There's thanksgiving offerings through festivals, the design to remember the provision of our God, right? In the New Testament, we're fre frequently instructed to give thanks because it's easy to forget to give thanks, especially when things are tough. For example, Philippians 4, 6 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So before you come to the Lord, you know, for whatever petition that you have with thanksgiving, 
But first, consider what you already have. Consider the blessings that you've already received and then bring those anxieties to the Lord, right? Bring those requests to God. But Thanksgiving is a very important and proper attitude for a Christian to have. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. It says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So scripture instructs us to give thanks for this is the will of God for us. Don't we want to live according to the will of God? Amen. And this psalm is a great teacher of how to give thanks. This is what I love about Psalm 100. It's so practical. And in fact, usually I try to break it down and outline it so that it makes clear sense to us. But this, this psalm does it for us in each verse. So five verses, five practical ways in thanking the Lord. The first one is praise by praising God express our thanksgiving to the Lord by giving him praise that is a very practical thing to do we've seen a psalm of praise before we've seen that praise is just important and it's also fulfilling even for ourselves another way we can thank the Lord is through serving and we can thank him through depending what do I mean by that to knowing that we can depend on God we can say thank you that we can depend on you Lord Jesus we can also serve the Lord through giving and, of course, the remembering, remembering what the Lord has done for us and who he is in our lives. So let's look at that first verse, that first section, thanks praising, all right? Thanks praising, Psalm 100, verse 1, it says, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. In other words, praise the Lord. We just had a moment of worship and praise. We do that out of gratitude. The songs that Sandy picked out for this week were just excellent, on point. It's like she knew we were doing Psalm 100, right? A, a time of praising, meaning that we recognize who God is and we give him all glory and honor for he is majestic and worthy to be praised. In fact, a couple of weeks ago, we looked at Psalm 8, a psalm of praise. And the bigger line there, I think it was, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. So again, to praise him is to remember the majesty of the Lord. We talked about his creation and how awesome he is. Let's give praise where praise is due. God is worthy of our praise. And through this psalm, we learned that the name of the Lord truly is majestic. The Psalm 8 that, that I referred to because of his glory, because of his love, because of his grace. Let's praise God for that. That's one way to express our gratitude to the Lord, to thank him and praise him. Okay, and so thanks praising, let's say, acknowledges this about our wonderful God as a response to what he has already done. So again, this is aside from how we're feeling and what we know of him. And what we know is that his name truly is majestic and we depend on him for everything. And then just going back to that Psalm 8, there's a line that I think that's very important. It says, who are we that you are mindful of us? You know, consider the God who's created the universe, the heavens, the earth, and everything in it, and in between. Who are we that he is mindful of us? Like, that's amazing that God would even consider us and choose to save us, right? For there are greater things in this world that didn't rebel against him, and yet here we are, guilty of sin, and he has cared for us. He loves us. Praise him for that. See, see how that is deserving of praise? And so that's Thanks praising. Now, 
We thank the Lord for what he has done. Who is he? Make a joyful noise to the Lord, is what this verse says in uh, uh, 100 verse 1, Psalm 100 verse. To the Lord, let us praise God because he's definitely worthy of our praise. Look at this, though. I love this psalm. This is a different psalm that I want to uh, just refer to. Psalm 103, verse 2 to 3. Look at David's expression of thanks praising. It's, it's very, very interesting. He says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who gives us all, or who forgives us all your iniquity and heals all your diseases. David is thanking the Lord for salvation. Have you seen that? Christ hasn't even come to the earth, and David is thanking the Lord for salvation. He's thinking ahead of the Messiah, of the salvation that comes from the Lord, and here he is praising God because he is saved, and he can depend on that. So we can say, thank you, Lord, for our salvation. Thank you, Lord, for our forgiveness. So this moment, thank the Lord for that. I'll give you three seconds. Thank you, Lord. For our salvation. Now, all of God's people, regardless of who you are, where you come from, what you've experienced, etc., doesn't matter who you are, all of us should bring thanks praising to our Lord. We all have something to praise Him for and to thank Him, to express our gratitude. And so I think that's why verse 1 also says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Who? Everyone. Psalm 156. This is actually the last verse of the book of Psalms. It closes with, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This is the thing. We need to praise the Lord, especially when we don't feel like it. Praise the Lord. Bring an offering of thanksgiving through praise to the Lord. Got it? Thanks praising. That's one practical thing we do to be grateful to step out of that dark hour and into the glory of God. Another thing we can do is thanks serving. Verse 2 says, serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Look at that. Serve the Lord with gladness. This is a picture of serving with gratitude and not remorse, as I mentioned earlier. I think of that movie Beauty and the Beast. Do you remember that movie? There's a scene where they sing that awesome song, Be Our Guest. You know, I think about just the lyrics of the song, and I think about my daughter recently was in a Beauty and the Beast play, so that's why I have it to mind. It's not that I went and watched some Disney movies lately, but this, this response that this team of servants, right, has to serving their guest, that's a good response. That's serving with gladness. They're grateful for the fact that they even have a, a presence with them. You know, and so we can do the same. We ought to do the same. We ought to serve the Lord with gladness. Now, if the Lord has done much for us, why couldn't we even do just a little for him? And this is true. This is a challenge thing that we all should hear. Sometimes we put up excuses and we don't serve the Lord because we don't feel like it. But the Lord, remember what he has done for you. He has gone to the cross for you and has died. And you still feel like you don't feel like it. This is something to check ourselves with, right? And I'm not pointing my finger at you because I know exactly what it feels like because this is my experience very often is like, I'm tired, 
you know, but we must serve the Lord and we serve him with gladness. We come into his presence with singing, with gladness. The Bible speaks of our joy of salvation. That's why we have a, a reason to rejoice. That's why we have a reason to be glad in anything is because we've experienced the most beautiful gift ever. And that's the salvation, forgiveness of sin, that we may experience the glory of God. Psalm 51:12 says this, and I love this, and this is very helpful for any of us. It says, restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Look at David. What a man, I'm telling you. Like even when he wasn't feeling it, he would come to the Lord and ask him, hey, can you restore this for me? Like, I know that this is important. This is key. David knew that this was important. We must know that this is important. To have that, 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 that mind full of gratitude and knowing that, hey, the Lord is the one who saves us, who restores. I want to experience that joy again. I need to come to him. I need to give him of my time. I give, give him of, of my prayers. You know, this is important for us to just serve the Lord in that regard. And so think serving if you have an experience that is also fulfilling even for the one who's serving. How many of you guys feel extremely fulfilled when you're serving others? You know, it feels really good. I, I love to serve others. It makes me, it just makes my day. It's, it's so fulfilling. And when we serve out of gratitude and when we see others benefit out of our service, it's so good. It's just one expression of our thanks to the Lord as well. First John 1, 4 says, and we are writing this, these things so that our joy may be complete. This is interesting. The apostles did so much for the church, Right? To the degree that they hoped that the church would benefit from the work that they were doing. And they were serving with gladness, even to the point of pain, physical pain and, and persecution. And then John says this, and I love it. He says, we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. So that if you experience our service and what we have done for you, everything that we've poured out to you, that you too would experience that. And that, in turn, completes our joy. It makes us happy. It makes us feel great. It's fulfilling. Verse 2 also says, come into his pre presence with, with singing. Now, I'll, I, this is interesting. Paul makes mention to this particular verse in his letter to the Ephesians. In regards to walking in love and restoring one another, Paul says this, be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, we ought to express our gratitude through service, through singing with gladness, and we ought to do it joyfully, genuinely joyfully. And we know we can be joyful because of what the Lord has done for us. Now, another very good reason we ought to give thanks to the Lord is because we can totally depend on him, and that's verse 3, thanks depending. Again, practical ways on thanking the Lord, having that attitude of gratitude. Wow, cliche, I said that. It says, thanks depending. Verse 3, know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. It says, know that the Lord is God because God is and he is forever. He will not change. You can bank on that. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever and because Jesus doesn't change and because God doesn't change and because he says what he has said he will do what he said he will do and therefore we can depend on him if we have been saved we can depend on that 
We can count on it, right? And so anything that we go through, regardless of what our circumstances may look like, we can thank the Lord that he is God. We should thank the Lord that he is God. God, right now things are pretty bad, but I thank you that you're constant and that we can still depend on you and that you haven't changed your mind about our salvation. You know what I mean? Like we can still depend on him regardless of what we do. In fact, we should depend on him. And I love it because he doesn't lie. He doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Titus 1-2, in hope of eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised before the ages began. Regardless of what's going in this world, we have the hope of life eternal, and that is no joke, it's for, for real. That is your money back guaranteed, even though you've invested nothing in it, right? Yeah. <clears throat> this, this constant, never-changing God has made us and has also a plan for us, which is wonderful. Uh, verse 3 says, It is he who made us, and we are, he, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture is the way that we are described. Do you know what the Lord did for his sheep? If you are the sheep of his pasture, do you know what the Lord did for his sheep? John 10, 11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. We have a good God that loves us so much that he died for us. That's awesome. And you can depend on that. This is amazing. He paid it all and all to him we owe. There's a beautiful hymn that says that line. Aren't you grateful that you can depend on God? Amen. Have that gratitude. Know that we can depend on him. Verse four, which is our four point. Thanksgiving. Ah, oh, we've heard this one before. Psalmist continues instructing that our gratitude should also be expressed through giving and that's enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise give thanks to him bless his name this is very similar with the previous point in regards to uh, uh, uh serving giving is very similar but there's its differences the more we praise god and thank him for our blessing the more they will increase and i don't mean numerically the more we praise god and thank him for our blessing sure they may increase numerically right but they increase in value the things that you already been blessed by or with they when we thank the lord and we realize what he has done for us that very thing that we've been blessed with it becomes more and more valuable and when we realize that we have a valuable thing we're more grateful for it aren't we we're just grateful to the lord that he is merciful and gracious and he gives us things that we need and so it's important to give in that sense of gratitude as well i don't i don't know um no, never mind. I'm going to move on. When you, <laughs> when you don't give to the Lord, when you don't give the Lord thanks uh, for our blessings, the beauty of our blessings diminish. So we must give the Lord praise. We must give the Lord recognition. Recognize the superiority of His name and make His name known. And this is one thing that we do: is we give ourselves to Him. That means that now we are at His service. Now we live for Him. Now what we have belongs to Him because it came from Him in the first place. And everything that we do, everything that we own, is for Him and His glory. Now that doesn't mean that we need to just be careless with our possessions. That means that we need to be grateful for them and serve diligently and give wholeheartedly. This is a way of expressing our gratitude to the Lord. We give and we give cheerfully, cheerfully. Now I like this passage from 2 Corinthians 9, 7 through 8, and this is in regards to financial giving, but it's not limited to that. It says, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. 
Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Again, God loves a cheerful giver. We can't be cheerful unless we're grateful for the things that we have in the first place. And so we have to realize what the Lord has blessed us with. And out of that, we give. We give. We bless. We bless because we have been blessed. Amen? Another way to express our gratitude. And this is the fifth verse right here. Thanks remembering. The Lord is good. Amen? Remember that. It says this. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And his faithfulness to all generations. Always, always remember this. The Lord is good. Even when life doesn't feel good, the Lord is good. Remember that. And you can thank him for that. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. Amen. The Lord truly is good and his steadfast love endures forever. That means that the Lord is also compassionate. Second Peter 3 9 says the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises as some count slowness, slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that we should all reach repentance. The Lord is kind and gracious to us in giving us the time that we need to be able to be refined and sanctified. And sometimes we think, what are you doing, God? Like, why aren't you moving? Perhaps he's just being gracious and compassionate to us. Right. In fact, he is. That's what he is. And so we ought to remember that. So even when circumstances are tough, we can think God is good and he's moving. He's compassionate and he's loving and his steadfast love endures forever. And he has a purpose for my life. And I thank him for that. I'm thinking that I'm going uh, that I'm going through the hardship that I'm going through right now because his purpose is perfect. And I thank him that he's he's patient with me because I'm a little bit of a knucklehead sometimes and I don't get things right away. Right. But the Lord is good and what he's doing in our lives is important. It's amazing. The Lord is also everlasting. It says his faithfulness to all generations, his love endures forever. And to all generations, I mean, it doesn't end just with me, but it goes on to the next generation, the next generation, and the next generation. We can count on that. And so sometimes if you're like me and you have children, sometimes you wonder how your children are going to do when they get older and you worry a little bit. You know, you probably did about this guy. Yeah. And, 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 and here's something that's just so comforting. It comes from the word of the Lord is his love endures forever and it goes from generation to generation. So regardless of what I think may happen in the future with my children, I can thank the Lord and remember his word and his promises and just be totally at peace with whatever's going to happen. Being diligent in the calling that I have in my life as a parent, right? But I can thank him because his word says that he is constant, he's never changing, he's compassionate, he is good. And his love endures forever in his faithfulness to all generations. Isn't that amazing? Very practical stuff. We praise the Lord. We thank him through our praise. We thank him through our service. We thank him by depending on him. We thank him through our giving. We thank him but because we remember who he is and what he's done. We ought to have a posture of thanksgiving always it's just a beautiful thing it changes everything when we have that heart of gratitude now let me tell you something not neg negating the the hard times of life again coming out of that last sermon the dark hour your pay this is very important for us to know your your pain never outpaces god's love 
So if your pain's over here, God's love is way over here. If you feel like your stress level's over here, God's love is way over here. You know, and because of that, we can think and we can show our gratitude towards him, knowing that regardless of what we're going through, his love is just, it surpasses all understanding, right? And we can definitely, just, oh my gosh, like that makes me say, thank you, Lord. Like really, thank you. There's nothing, nothing that I can do or that can happen to me that's outside of your power, outside of your hand, outside of your love, outside of your sovereignty. So we can thank him for that. Our your pain will never outpace his love. Your difficulty is surrounded by the deeper reality of God's goodness. So regardless of how big you feel like your difficulty is, his goodness is bigger. We have to know that. We have to remember that. And we can trust on that or in that. And the Lord proved it by sending his own son. Jesus came to show that, to demonstrate his love, that while we were still yet sinner, Christ died for us. Now, God doesn't just say that he loves us. He has shown us and he has shown us over and over and over again. And if we have seen the beauty of the cross and if we've received that beautiful gift of grace, right? And we're walking, we're being diligent in it. We have everything to be grateful for because now this world is so small compared to what eternity waits right now. We have reason to rejoice. We have reason to, to be glad. And sing praise to him because God has shown his love for us. He has shown it through his son, Jesus Christ. Even in the pain of life, we lift our hearts and our voices to the Lord and we give him our thanks. Amen. This is an important discipline of the Christian. Regardless of what's going on, we give thanks to the Lord Almighty because he's worthy of it. And so when things are good... Praise him. Thank him. When things are bad, praise him. Thank him. And this is how. Amen? Let's bow our heads. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your word today. Father, we thank you that you provide practical instructions on what to do, Father, especially when life is hard. And thank you for your servants who have just really considered the importance of drawing near to you and pouring their hearts out to you. And as a result, we have beautiful examples of what we ought to do as well. And so, Lord, help us be diligent in our thanksgiving. Help us, Father, be grateful and that you would receive our praise, Lord. Help us, Lord Jesus, be grateful that we would be moved to serve you, Lord. Help us, Lord Jesus, be grateful Lord, for you, who you are and the reality that we can depend on you and we can trust you. Lord Jesus, help us be grateful and help us, Father, express that through our giving and our generosity, Lord Jesus. Help us be grateful and help us never forget who you are and what you have done for us, that we would constantly remember your goodness, your mercy, your grace, your glory, knowing that what is ahead is far better than what we're dealing with today. For this world is broken, this world is difficult, this world is filled with confusion, with issues, Lord Jesus, but you are the same yesterday and today and forevermore, and we can definitely depend on you. And so we thank you from the bottom of our hearts, for you are good. Your love endures forever. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.